Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking, and this is episode 21. Today is January 31st, 2023, and it is 5 p.m. in beautiful San Diego. Today is going to be a rather short uh, podcast because, well, everything is going to happen tomorrow. The FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, is meeting today and tomorrow. And interestingly, I believe I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but 2023 will be the first year in history that the FOMC will meet during 10 months. They only meet eight times. So how is that possible? It's because not one but two meetings straddle months. The This month, January, February, and then the I believe it's a September, October meeting, which also straddles two months. So kind of an interesting bit of trivia that actually doesn't really change a heck of a lot, except perhaps for, for derivatives that has, have strike prices at the end of one month. And for instance, for my fund, we're closing the month of January now, and tomorrow, February, is either going to get off to a great start or an absolutely uh, horrible start. But the whole world is on uh, the lovely phrase or lovely word is tenterhooks with, with a T, uh, for you know, pending that decision. And of course, the big debate is 25 or 50, 50 or 25. Regardless of what it is, it will at worst be the same as the 50% basis point increase in December, but which was itself less than the, than the 475 basis point increases prior to that. My prediction, as those of you who listen to this periodically know, is for 50 basis points tomorrow, that's starting to look less likely, but I still wouldn't put it past the Fed to do it. If, it, if I am wrong and it's 25 bips tomorrow, that will be accompanied with very, very hawkish language uh, from the Fed. There is no way that it'll be a, a lower increase and more dovish language. It's simply the, the two of those would, would be too much. Because while inflation is going down, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more, it still remains at very, very high uh, recent historical levels. So if Powell and company drop or increase the interest rates by interest rates by only 25 bips, uh, it will be it will be with some accompanied by some relatively uh, strong language as a fact as to the fact that interest rates will interest rates will continue to increase. Uh, perhaps by 25 bips for as long as possible. Of course, if tomorrow is 25, then you're looking at mid-March at being zero or 25. Uh, and that will be another whole set of speculation that we'll address at that point in time. Again, my prediction is 25 for March, so we'll see how well I'm doing with my batting average in 2023. The second and last topic, so today is going to be a relatively short podcast, especially given uh, the, the difficulty of making any sort of conclusions, uh, given the import of what's going to happen tomorrow, the, the ECI, the Employment Index, Compensation Index, was up 1% in Q4. This is, an, is the preferred indicator of the Fed for labor costs. And it's actually an interesting number. It's, it's really quite different from most, most uh, uh, statistics that are used by the Fed and by others to predict where the market is going because it's a quarterly number, only a quarterly number, not a monthly number. 
Uh, growth, for instance, is also quarterly, the, the important number that people pay attention to to measure recession, you know, two negative quarters of growth, but there's also a monthly number that's issued. ECI is only quarterly. Now, it was up 1% in the last quarter. And you think about it, that's 4% per year. If you compound it, it's a little bit more than 4% a year. It's not low, uh, but it's not through the roof either. Uh, on the one hand, 1.1% was expected. So markets, and we'll talk a little bit about correlation at the very end because crypto and fiat markets were both bouncing around reacting to this news today. Uh, and the correlation was, from my perspective, horrible. Correlated assets, two correlated assets are effectively one asset. And so uh, as, a, as a person with one foot in each camp, I don't want the camps to behave in the same way. But in any event, uh, because the increase was 1% rather than 1.1%, people were actually, most analysts were quite happy uh, because wage growth is slowing, and that's good news. On the other hand, another 1% or more reading was an amazing record where six quarters in a row, the ECI has increased by 1% or more. That's never happened. Uh, the statistic doesn't go back that far. It only goes back 30 years to 1993. So there haven't been all that you know, many quarters. You're talking about 120, but it's also not a trivial data point. Six straight quarters of 1% growth. Now, what that tells you on the one hand is, hey, we still have some issues. But it also tells you the moment that the ECI drops to, say, 0.9, markets are going to go crazy because this is a very important indicator uh, that the Fed watches so here it's saying, okay, the wage pressure is decreasing, but by historical, recent historical standards, it's still quite high. So that's the last major point, but I want to apply both of those two to fiat and to crypto. If you look at what happened today in the fiat markets, where using the S&P 500 in the U.S. East Coast, uh, started out slightly up for the first hour or so, moved slightly up, and then was basically on a straight line until about 45 minutes before the close, started giving it back, not a lot, but giving some back, and then moved at a very high angle of attack to close at 4077 or 4076.6, up 1.46%. That's a big move. It erased yesterday's big drop, and the drop yesterday was the biggest in, in some of the indicators in, uh, since November. If you look at the at Bitcoin, for instance, it doesn't mirror it exactly, but it's frighteningly similar. And ETH is even closer. And the overall market is closer yet. So what we saw during the opening hours of East Coast trading, East Coast US trading, we saw very, very high correlation. Uh, ETH and BTC both started fading near the close. Actually, quite a bit. They dropped. Uh, Bitcoin went from over uh, 23.2 to down to 22.8, which, given re by historical standards, that's no volatility. But given recent standards, it's a fairly big drop. But when the when the Nasdaq or sorry the S and P started to recover abruptly, uh, Bitcoin gained all of that back and then some. It almost went up to 23.4. And since the market has closed, it's been mucking around 2300, 23,000. Sorry. 23,000 has proven to be an interesting and somewhat surprising uh, support and resistance level. If you look going back to January 21st, really uh, Bitcoin is moving up and down around that level. On the one hand, it's fabulous because it's well above 20 and we're certainly avoiding the drop down to 
14 or even 12 that some people were calling for, but it is a bit surprising. The trend since January 21st is very slowly upwards, so that's a nice thing to see, but the correlation that we're seeing um, is not is not a good sign. Again, if you have if you're trying to diversify and you invest in two correlated assets, it's uh, really um, diversification without any impact. It's really the same. Uh, it's really the same thing. So I'm hoping that this evening, and I suspect this evening, we'll see some fairly positive news for Bitcoin. But again, everything is dependent on what the FOMC announces at 2:30 tomorrow afternoon. So with that, we'll keep this relatively relatively short. Everyone is is waiting for what's going to happen tomorrow. We may do a, a special episode of Out on a Limb if it's something truly dramatic. Otherwise, I will see all of you next Tuesday. Thank you very much.